everybody, it is Thursday, December 21st, 2017, and you're listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eselbeck, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, car whatever, and happy solstice, everybody. It's the darkest day of the year. Uh, days are going to start getting brighter. Temperatures are going to start going up. Also, my brother's birthday today. Happy birthday, TJ. I know you're not listening to this, but hey, someday you might. Anyway, guys, uh, we're going to talk about some news stories, as usual, in the first segment. going to talk about the Ford Fusion and the weird future of sedans on the marketplace. Uh, second up, we're going to talk about the weird naming conventions that are going on right now, at least at Honda, when it comes to hybrid and electric vehicles. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Um, and then last up, a cart's on my mind. I haven't picked one yet. You'll find out at the end of the thing. That's just the way we do this. So uh, with all that in mind, guys... <coughs> follow up after the bump also hey if you guys are listening to this on uh, anchor fm you would have heard prince trust one of my all-time favorite songs from the original 1989 batman soundtrack if you haven't listened to that soundtrack great thing prince did a great job it's a crazy story about how that album happened too um but anyway after the bump talk about some ford sedan news so a couple of stories have kind of culminated in a conclusion made by Autoblog uh, within the past day or so that the 2019 Ford Fusion is no more. Uh, that we are not going to see a redone version of the Fusion anytime soon. In fact, the car might be altogether canceled in the not-too-distant future uh, due to a wide variety of circumstances that seem kind of short-sighted on Ford's behalf. Um, for those of you outside of the United States and Canada, uh, well, and I guess Mexico too, the Ford Fusion is otherwise known as the Ford Mondeo. It's one of their best-selling products that they've offered all over the world for the past couple of years after the American team and the European team co-developed the vehicle uh, to replace the Mazda-based Ford Fusion that came before that. So the Ford Fusion has perennially been a strong-selling vehicle here in the United States. Uh, at least here in the Midwest, you see them all the time. Uh, they're quite frequent, I would say. Um, but Ford has been seeing pretty strong sales decreases on the car for the past two years. Now, one could make a conclusion, or at least draw a conclusion, that uh, not-so-significant investment by Ford in the vehicle, at least in terms of the marketable ones to people who buy the most amounts of these vehicles, probably is a part of that, um, you know, but you could also make a point that they have done some special stuff on higher trim models, so something like the Ford Fusion Sport with the twin-turbo V6 and the all-wheel drive, which is a really cool car that doesn't really sell to mom and dad who are looking for a reliable piece of transportation that gets decent gas mileage. That's neither here nor there. So the question is, how do they get this conclusion? Well, according to them, <clears throat> things started kind of coming to light when production moved from Michigan to Mexico, and now that's being canceled, and then they were guessing that production was moving from Mexico to China, but Ford has said that that's not happening. And so discussions with certain Ford executives on their behalf, whether they were on the record or not, uh, seem to be pointing towards the car not existing at all, uh, and that we need to keep our eyes peeled uh, for the 2018 North American National Auto Show for some more answers. So the question becomes, one, is the sedan dead in America? Two, is it just the Fusion that's dead? And three, are they finally replacing it with something else, moving on to the next thing? I think it's a combination of each. Um, 
Ford's kind of reluctance to move forward on the car, I think, is kind of coming to bear. Uh, they, they, the car has traditionally been a great car. It's a good chassis. They have good engines and transmissions, but they never really improved the interior fit and finish on the car all that much. They never really changed as many of the things about the car that the competition has in that time. Think about, <coughs> excuse me, how much the Hyundai Sonata has changed in the time that this Fusion has been on the market. Think about how much the Accord has changed in the time that this Fusion has been on the market. And you start to realize that people who are spending their hard-earned money on a new car are probably looking at this and going, why? Why would I do this? Other than a lease special or a corporate lease or some kind of special thing like that, you probably wouldn't pick this. I don't think I would. As much as I like the Fusion, and especially the Fusion Sport, it doesn't really make sense to get a Fusion SE at this point compared to a similarly equipped Accord X or even a Toyota Camry. Uh, so there's a lot of changes that we made. Two, the death of the sedan I think is something that's easy to write about. It's easy to talk about. I think there are a lot of changes that Ford could make to produce a sedan that can entice people who are buying crossovers and SUVs, namely make a wagon and offer all-wheel drive. It's what Buick's doing on the Regal. I think it's going to prove to be somewhat successful. Hopefully Ford copies that. But then three, the third option is that they're getting rid of the Fusion for something else. I think that is a pretty strong possibility. The new Focus is coming. I think it might be a little bit larger to kind of get some of those things. I think the new Taurus is going to be a little bit smaller. So I think they're going to kind of split the difference on the Fusion. Get rid of the Fusion altogether and go down to, well, we'll see what happens with the Fiesta, but do the Fiesta the Focus, and then probably the Taurus, and just get rid of a whole car in the lineup altogether. Um, that kind of goes along with lines for quite a long time that they've been saying that the next generation Taurus will be based on the Fusion chassis. Well, if you get rid of the Fusion altogether, this just makes a lot more sense. So we'll see what happens in the next couple weeks. The Detroit Auto Show is coming up. Hopefully we've got more news to talk about there. But if the Fusion is gone altogether, it's not a huge thing, but it is a little bit disappointing. So automotive branding is a is a game that has no end. Uh, every time an automaker comes out with a new model, a new idea, a new platform, a new engine, a new transmission, whatever, they've got to come up with the branding in order to have it make sense to the consumer that this vehicle is different from vehicles that they've sold before, but at the same time have them know that this vehicle is part of a larger corporate family. Some of this has been successful with some brands, some of this less so. Uh, a good success story, I would say, would be Toyota with the Prius family of vehicles. They've got three models that are specifically branded as a Prius, but in addition to that, the Priuses are all labeled with a hybrid Synergy Drive label, and they've really kind of capitalized on the hybrid name altogether. And because of that, they've been able to apply that badging to the Camry, to the Highlander, to some of the Lexus models in the lineup. Altogether, you know that they are part of one corporation, you know that they all use Prius technology in the vehicles, but the Prius still is known as a Toyota. You go over to BMW, <clears throat> and it's a little less competent. Um, BMW, of course, created the i the the i subbrand. I don't know what they officially want to call it, but you've got the i3, the i8, um, these electrified, sometimes hybrid, sometimes pure EV models uh, in their lineup that are otherwise fantastic vehicles. They're great. They're very visually distinctive. They're separate from the stuff, but you still have an idea that they're a BMW. But at the same time, P 
people don't realize that there is an I sub-brand under the mainline vehicles. So whether it's the 3, the 5, or the I think even the 7, you can get iDrive propulsion in those vehicles, which basically means hybrid, <clears throat> even though it's not an i-series car. Still with me? Kind of weird. Anyway, Honda's hitting the fray now with a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle based on the Accord, known as the Clarity. Now, for those of you at home, some of you may know outside of California that there is a uh, hydrogen fuel cell vehicle known as the Clarity. Some of you may not, but there is. It's an Accord-sized vehicle with a uh, hydrogen fuel cell. Think really stylized Accord for aerodynamics. This new car is basically that, but with the hydrogen fuel cell technology ripped out and instead has a plug-in electric thing that's matched with a gasoline engine. It's good for 50 miles on a single charge, which is pretty fantastic for a car this size. Uh, the battery can even be charged to 60% just using the gasoline engine, like just idling there. That's that's pretty neat. I don't, I don't know. That's different. That's for another episode. But Honda's positioning this thing as a slot above the Accord while still offering an Accord hybrid in the very near future. This seems like a weird way to do things when you're going to be launching this new model. You would think they would want to do something like what Hyundai has done this past year with the Ionic. The Ionic has a hybrid, a hybrid plug-in, and a all-EV model. This Accord clarity thing just kind of seems dumb. Um, if it were me, if I were making the decisions at Honda, I would either brand everything as an Accord, so either make the Accord hybrid and the Accord plug-in and leave, let the Clarity be the specialty fuel cell vehicle, or I would make all three of these things under the Clarity brand and let the Accord remain a gasoline engine vehicle. Now, to mess up this thing even more, Honda also announced that they're doing another version of the Insight, of course, the much-loved and much-hated vehicle that's had two completely different revisions over the past, well, almost 20 years, which is scary to think about. Um, the Insight is going to be based on the Civic and is going to replace the idea of a Civic Hybrid in that lineup. So, Accord Hybrid, but no Civic Hybrid. That instead is the Insight, but then they said that they wanted to do a plug-in version of the Insight. So there's going to be a plug-in Insight, but then they're talking about doing a pure EV version of either that or maybe the Civic, and that just kind of goes in the face of what they've set up with the Accord. What I'm saying is, parity is an important thing, and making sure that you demonstrate that these cars are part of the same brand is also very important. And throwing away the continuous history of the Civic and Accord brands on new things often seems dumb, and I think this is definitely a case where that does seem very dumb. So we'll see what happens in the near future. Nevertheless, I'm very excited about a new Insight. I really like this new Clarity. I'm interested in seeing them up close and in person at the Detroit Auto Show coming up very soon. But what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at YSSMAN or drop me a line here on Anchor. I want to hear what you think about these new naming conventions and how weird they are. So a car that's been on my mind, the second generation Honda Insight. Yes, this is a follow-through from the last story. Bear with me. Uh, so... Those of you who maybe remember the first-generation Insight, you know that it was a small, compact, two-door, sporty, hybrid thing that was kind of a cool way to uh, be efficient but be fun. So they, Honda had developed a, a system where they mounted an electric motor between the transmission and the engine. It was able to drive both independently uh, depending on what was going on. It was a pretty unique way to do things. They were able to make a hybrid that was actually efficient 
well, it was more efficient in the city than a regular gasoline engine, but where it really excelled was on the highway, which is where the Prius lost a lot of ground to a lot of other vehicles. The first-generation Insight sold pretty well. It was a limited vehicle to begin with. It was built right alongside the S2000 in Japan. It, you know, it, it was a test to see where things were at. The second-generation Insight kind of came out of a need to have a hybrid vehicle in the lineup. Honda wanted to do a cheaper, uh, more people-oriented version of the Prius. Uh, the Prius at that point had become synonymous with hybrid technology, not just in America, but all over the world. And Honda wanted a piece of that pie. And the second generation uh, Insight kind of stole the body design of the Prius. It stole the uh, layout of the Prius kind of on the inside. It was, it was a very strange kind of similar vehicle, but not quite the same. Honda's fatal mistake was that they launched the Insight during the gas crisis and should have had a very popular vehicle on their hand because it was a car that was a good appliance for going from A to B and being reliable and getting good gas mileage. But then they launched two other vehicles right alongside it that did the exact same thing. They had the Civic Hybrid right there, right next to it on the dealer lots, and then they also had the CRZ, the spiritual successor to the original Insight, also made available on the dealer lots. Now, they didn't sell a lot of CRZs, and I don't think they sold a lot of Civic Hybrids, but if they would have had the focus to do one model at one time, they could have had a pretty popular car. Now, we can criticize the Honda way of doing things, at least in terms of the powertrain, all the live long day. Uh, the Insight was ultimately based on the fit, but as heavy as a Civic, and had the fuel efficiency of something in between that of a nicely fuel-efficient Civic and a Prius. It was kind of just a middle-ground vehicle. And there's a part of me in my brain where I go, that makes a lot of sense. You know, as somebody who does a lot of highway traveling, it gets pretty good gas mileage in the highway, near enough the same as what it gets in the city with the hybrid system working in tandem. That's not a bad way to go. But at the same time, you know, people were buying Priuses that could get 50 miles per gallon in the city and, you know, a little bit less so on the highway. But those numbers balanced out, and so it really kind of depended on where you live. I still think the Insight is the better choice for long-distance commuters than the Prius. Uh, I still think that the Prius is a much better choice for people who live in the city, who do a lot of stop-and-go uh, travel, even if it is on the highway. Uh, you know, traffic is a problem in large parts of this country, and uh, the Prius makes a lot of sense in those situations. The Insight just really didn't. So I guess that needs to be a warning for Honda, is that... I'm I'm of the assumption that based on the current Pilot, the current Ridgeline, the current Accord, the current Civic, <coughs> that they've learned a lot from their mistakes over the past decade with their vehicles. Their hubris got in the way of a lot of things, although they had good intentions with, with what they wanted to do with so many of these vehicles. They, they, they lost their way when it came to design and execution. And with this new Insight coming very soon. I'm hoping that they don't repeat the same mistakes that the previous one had. This one looks like it's a four-door sedan. I don't think that's going to play well in Europe, but it's going to play well in the U.S. and Canada. That's where they want the sales. I'm hoping that by not having a Civic hybrid next to it on dealer lots, they're going to be able to sell a good number of these vehicles. I'm hoping that if they're using the IMA system, it's cheap compared to other vehicles, but it looks like it's going to be a full hybrid. So I still hope that it's cheap and efficient, 
and good looking and easy to drive and it doesn't distract too much from what it is a good a to b car for people who commute every single day we'll see what happens All right, guys, that just about wraps up this week's episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm Brad Ozelike, and you can find me on Twitter at YSSMAN, or you can look me up in other previous episodes of the Salvage Title Podcast, wherever podcasts are sold. You can check it out here on Anchor FM. Uh, we're up on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, feel free to dig back in. Um, there's some interesting stuff in there. We also do another podcast called the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide where I go into a segment, I break down what I feel are the best three choices for any given one. Uh, I also add a fourth model for flavor where it might be a model that's uh, interesting or a little bit different. Maybe not always the best buying choice, but something worth considering. Um, this is also the penultimate episode for 2017. We've got one more, schedule permitting, next week, uh, where I think I'm going to start talking about some of the Detroit Auto Show news. Uh, a bunch of automakers have just been shooting stuff just right off the hip. Um, Chevrolet already showed off the new Silverado with more details to come. Uh, Acura's showing at least part of a new RDX. Uh, I just mentioned the Honda Insight that's going to be showing up at the Detroit Auto Show. There's a lot of weird stuff being done like way ahead of time. The show doesn't even start for like another like three weeks. It's crazy. But that's the way the market is kind of going at this point. Uh, it's, uh, it's whoever's ahead. So yeah, expect that next, next week. Uh, expect an EV rundown either later today or tomorrow. I definitely owe you guys a good episode for that. Um, and yeah, so with all that in mind, guys, uh, we're going to close this episode out if you're listening on Anchor FM with a song by Prince. What Prince song? I haven't decided yet. So we're going to we're going to help. We're going to summon a friend here. Uh, friend, uh, computer. Summon a great Prince song to close out an episode of an auto show with, please. You have a song that features an automobile, correct? Uh, I, the computer's indicating that that is correct, so there's a good chance that a uh, little red Corvette will clear this out uh, if you're listening on Anchor FM. Uh, so, uh, yeah awkward closure but hey characters are gonna start coming into the show any day now so <laughs> that's a thing anyway guys enjoy the prints if you're listening to anchor fm if not enjoy the bump on the closeout uh have a good safe christmas uh have a good safe new year if you don't listen to me before that uh i look forward to helping you guys out with more news and uh other things in 2018 so let's just get the hell out of here we're done <laughs>